I'm Damien the DM from Adventures in Aurelia, a collaborative storytelling experience told through a game of Dungeons and Dragons, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other epically geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 69 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. It is today, November 1st, the day after Halloween. And I am pleased to say I'm Steven. And I'm even more pleased to say that SP is here with me today. Baby, it's cold outside. It was snowing during Beggar's Night, Trick or Treat, whatever you want to call it last night. Legitimately snowing here. And I live south of where you do by a large amount south. Yes, you do. And for the audio listener, you will see that I am in my uh, Christmas geeky jersey holding my Griswold mug because it's November 1st. So that means that, you know, it's time for for uh, Mariah to come out from her slumber, start singing her songs. And then no time we will be uh, be wrapping up the better podcasting and better podcasting live chat for the year. That's really the main reason why, because we said we're taking a break of December off, which means I only have so many weeks left before we're done this. So I got to get full on to Christmas spirit here on the better podcasting show in early November. That's what's got to happen. Basically, I'm you know, I'm looking at a calendar here and, and there's what, eight weeks until Christmas at this point. So you just really, and we're going to end right before American Thanksgiving. So it, it really, you're trying to double the amount of holiday spirit in each episode it's from true. now until we end. Now, don't don't mind me while I've got my green candy bucket that I'm just going to go ahead and uh, eat out of the entire time. Some leftover Halloween candy because, you know, I got to combine the two here and get in here. And you're going to pull a Rob from smoking and drinking <laughs> in space, right? <laughs> Is that what he does? That's what he does. Yeah, he he uh, gets some treats every year from Jason, and he makes sure he eats them and annoys. You know, he gives that that food and wrapper ASMR into the microphone, and Jason is forced to deal with that in his ears. And apparently, it really bugs him. So, yeah, Rob does that well, all the time. And here, I've got here a you lot go, of- Jason, for you. Does that help? It's crunchy. I would, I kind of <laughs> like the chocolate soft. I don't like it crunchy. Uh, I got a lot of leftover candy too, because did I mention it snowed? It snowed last night during beggar, during beggar's night. And even though I grew up in Minnesota, that happened all the time to me up in Minnesota. I don't live in Minnesota right now. And I, I'm telling you, the people around here are a little weak, weak. No, it's snowing. I don't want to go outside and get free candy. Oh, whatever. That's you work for it. I know, you right? work for it. Who cares? And, at the end of the day, you've got a bigger jacket to hold more candy. That's the way I'd look at it. And there's less people out. So the people that bought a lot of candy are trying to give it away. So you hit their house about four or five times and they just give you like six, eight, ten times the amount. You know, you. I was just thinking about your comment about the crunchy bar. I know why you said that, because this is I, I I was eating a coffee crisp and a coffee crisp is actually a Canadian thing. It's uh, it's supposed to be a yellow thing, but it's kind of just colored on here because of the green screen, but um, a yellow package. But I'll, uh, I have seen several videos over the years of Marcans visiting Canada, eating a coffee crisp and um, and actually complimenting how amazing it is. So apparently it's one thing that must have been done right along the way. Is it laced with some of that adult Canadian maple syrup? <laughs> I think so. I think it is. Um, but yes, uh, anyways, today is November 1st. You've got a few better podcasting live chats and few better podcasting uh, live chats. Wow. I said that twice. You have, you let's do a third time. You have a few better podcasting live chats and maybe potentially an episode of the better podcasting main show because... We like our gear. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, we we you hope to have a 2024 calendar for 2024. But uh, the reality is that like, like the men of better podcasting, 
that type of calendar? Uh, may, not me. Uh, probably not, because I would probably <laughs> make people not buy it. But if it was all 12 months of SP, maybe some with beard, some with partial beard, I think that uh, it would all work out. Just the SP's beard or SP's murdered beard, one of the two. <laughs> Yeah, and and I've had some people contact me, so there will be a few recordings of better podcasting chats with SP in the coming weeks as well. Ooh, tease, tease, tease. Yes, yes. You the first that you've heard about it. I love surprising you on the show because you can't say anything bad to me. No, no, I can't. Which is <laughs> which is the best way for you to talk to me when I can't when I, when I'm contractually <laughs> obligated not to say anything bad to you. Right, it's like, yeah, that's great, SP. What are you thinking? You <laughs> that's great. I'm excited anyway. for you. I'm excited for you because I know you like that show. Well, I know you like that show. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have some podcasting stuff to cover. We even have feedback from the question that we've asked for two episodes in a row about SD cards. Did you see this in the show notes? I did. And I appreciated that coming our way. We had Twilo Zone Media answer the question about the SD cards, which, oh, I should recap that was, what do you do with your SD cards? What's your process? So if you use something that requires SD cards, do you replace them right away do you wait and replace them once they die what's your what's your thoughts and twilight zone media said with regard to the recent question about sd cards i personally record until i fill up a card then i file it away and start a new card i am assuming that twilight zone media is usb because that's your process too <laughs> no I, I mean it sounds like me but nope that's not me it's the same process i'm sure there's other people out there that still use SD cards to record. So we would like to know how you do it. Do you do it with how Twilo Zone Media does it and how I do it? Or do you do it a different way, the way Steven does it, which record an episode and then eat the SD card. And then you can only start editing once you regain control of the SD card. Not really. That's not really the way I do it, but we can go with that. Uh, and in our live chat, we do have Randy Walker say, I just reuse SD cards. I don't archive things on SD cards, put it in storage. Um, and I, you know, the nature of my question was that at some point SD cards are going to go like, you know, and, and and I am somebody that reuses them all the time. So I know that the risk is there, but um, I, I think that that is a risk that some people don't always consider that you might lose a recording because of that. And I, I've been using this one for a while. I think I'm going to, I I should maybe think about switching it, but maybe I should roll the dice and wait until Black Friday here. Maybe I'll get a deal. It's just a few weeks away. And that few weeks could be the, the weeks that are over the life of my SD card. Who knows? It could, be. It could <laughs> be. Well, I've got the recordings to save us on this show, at least. Hey, uh, talking about some changes, I don't think we've talked about it on this show but Google domains are kind of changing. Yes. Uh, last year, earlier this year, I think it was earlier this year, Google domains uh, was sold. Basically, Google said that they were selling off their Google domains profile or portfolio, I should say, to Squarespace. Now, Google domains was a registrar, or I guess technically is, where you could register domain names, your .coms, your .cas, your .whatevers. And they have decided to get out of that business. And so they sold that to Squarespace. And this is something that I actually made an active effort to switch a bunch of stuff over to Google domains last year. And unfortunately, um, I don't think I'll be sticking around with Squarespace unless there's some form of discount. Because I went looking, I had a couple domains come up for renewal. And right now they are still being managed through Google domains, even though you can't register a new domain in Google domains. You can still add years and do all that stuff until it's officially switched over. But I thought in this process, let me go punch up the Squarespace pricing. And it was way more for several of my domains, including my .ca domains. It was it was like uh, pretty much double on my .cas. And um, I think it was probably, I'd have to double check the numbers, but it, was, it wasn't a mass, an equally massive amount on the .coms, but it was quite a large amount as well. And so, Unless Google does, or unless Squarespace does something like offer discount pricing to Google domain uh, migrations, 
I'm probably just going to have to go search for another registrar as well. Um, I think I'll likely take the opportunity to look to bring them back to Canada. It's just one of those things where, you know, we talked about it before, the whole different laws that are in place and whatnot. It, it feels like it might be the right time to try to get them over to Canadian registr uh, uh, Canadian registrar so that I know they're through a Canadian company and therefore the Canadian laws and all that. But um, yeah, I, w I wanted to mention that this week just because it is something that if you have Google domains and you miss those emails, you should be aware of this because at some point, Google domains is supposed to officially go away and you're going to have all of your stuff set up in Squarespace. And I don't know what that will look like in the future. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it will have the same functionality that Google domains did, if it will be a good panel or a more difficult panel. I've never used Squarespace. So wanted to mention that. So what are we talking about? If you're coming into this and this is the first time you've heard us or the first time you've heard about us talking about domains, domain is literally your web address. You know, the google.com, uh, we affectionately call it generically yourhobbypodcast.com on this show. And it is the place where somebody can link to your show or some content that's like it. Betterpodcasting.com is a domain name that's directly applicable to our show. But also I have other domains like hashtag it's all connected that goes to my Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. account. And those people that are rewatching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going, wow, it'd be kind of cool to have the hashtag it's all connected.com domain. And then they find out that I own it. So uh, some of it is defensive. Some of it is legitimate in terms of the domain you have. But that is what a domain is. You go out and get them. Typically, U.S. prices, they're somewhere between $12 and $15, $16 for a normal .com, and they go up from there. Like if you have a really expensive one, it's going to be in the thousands of dollars if you want to camp a name of a well-known company, because you're just going to get a lot of hits. So these registrars definitely charge more for it. So that's what we're talking about. And Google domain sold off its ability to do it to Squarespace. And because of that, because of your domains on Google domains, I don't have any on Google domains. You're going to change it because uh, you would prefer a Canadian based provider versus Squarespace. That's and, the well, and the price, the price was the big thing as well. Like, because okay. I do own several .ca domains and, and double the price is not cool by me. All right. So what's cool with you, though, is video, because, you know, you went to school for video when you podcasted, you really wanted to do video and we're doing video now. You really enjoy video. What's video? It's a miserable little pile of secrets. No, it's not. Dang. I don't know. What's video? <laughs> OK, well, I love your segues tonight, by the way. Thank you very much for that. And I'll awkwardly comment on them so that it ruins the segue. My apologies. But. Backing up over that bus. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to talk tonight about how I am so happy to have video for several years on my podcasts. And particularly this came up because this past Monday we recorded an episode of the official Gunna Geek show, you, me and our co-host Chris Farrell. And in the process, uh, in the conversation, it made me think about an old episode that we recorded a long time ago. And so I got punching up in our show docs, which are all like our, our behind the scenes documents that we work off of. I got punching up the search terms in Google Drive, found the episode, had a couple things to say about it. And then after we recorded, I went, I'm going to go and look at the first little bit of that video. And I, I did that. And then I got clicking through a, um, a few other videos that I, I had of the Gonna Geek show and First off, there was a little thing I used to do at the beginning of the shows, which I totally forgot, which I would take an out of context clip that I thought was funny and just put it in the front. So number one, that was kind of fun to do that. But from the video side of things, I really enjoyed going back and seeing us at that point in life. You know, yes, I could have heard it, but seeing our younger selves seeing the lack of gray in our beard and our hairs and and the reduced creases around our eyes and 
and and seeing the equipment we used at the time, something that is not easily identifiable just by pressing an audio uh, play button. I really loved being able to go back to some of these old episodes and just live in that moment because I remembered a lot of these things very vividly as far as the pieces that were being said. But seeing all those details, I did not. And it was just so much that I saw by being able to do that. And uh, I just wanted to mention that because that was definitely a benefit to having video for all these years that I had not thought about before. And I really liked walking down memory lane with it. It was definitely a trip. You mentioned what episode number it was. And I went back and I was like, was I on that show? Because I wasn't on all the Gonna Geek shows. And yeah, I was on that one. I was like, wow, I was different time, <laughs> in a different place, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So yeah, that was uh, the basically the third year the Get a Geek show was in existence. Now we're well over 10 years with it, but it was definitely a trip back. So yeah, it was, it was fun to have. It was fun to have for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, like the RSS for the gonna geek show is doesn't have all the episodes in it for a variety of reasons however if you go back to the gonna geek youtube channel you can see all the episodes or at least most of them so you can see those those early episodes that aren't available on the rss feed and then the other thing is you can actually see us talking back and forth and you know just the the different things that were going on so i believe i was guesting on that show because i think i was filling in for js you might have been yeah but in any case we were there and and able to see your your younger beard <laughs> yeah still had the beard though that was it was, was encouraging good. it was good yeah. but i wanted to shout that out uh because yeah it was it was a walk down memory lane for me and also uh, yeah i recognize i'm old now i'm i'm an old fart it's crazy but even though you recognized you're old, you recognize that I can save the fun in podcasting for you. We just walk it through all my topics or you want to get through one of yours? Is that what we're going to do? I only have one topic. All right, fine. Okay, here we go. So I wanted to talk about how SP saved my fun of listening to a podcast. No, he saved my fun of entertainment through his podcast. Ah, this is how SP's podcast saved my story. Is that is that does that work? I don't know. Saved your entertainment. <laughs> so last week after we recorded Better Podcasting, we got just randomly shooting various topics uh, uh, after the live stream. This is what we we sometimes do. If you've never checked out one of our live streams, often after we hit stop on the recording, well we officially end the podcast. We'll just BS for a little bit to the live stream. And while we were doing that, I ended up bringing up Loki. And I ended up talking about the TV show Loki with SP. That's the Marvel Cinematic Universe television show that is out there right now on Disney+. And um, SP mentioned something related to his podcast. He mentioned that there was an a interesting theory in in there and uh i held him off and i went no don't tell me about that i'm gonna listen i'm gonna see if maybe you can get me a little more engaged in this by re-listening to your legends of shields first few episode coverage of the season and as i was doing that the energy between the different hosts over there i got i got one in a bit into season two coverage for all we're on legends of shield and the energy over there made me go okay there's something in here that I'm missing by not having rewatched season one before going into season two. And I, I instantly stopped it. And I said, I sent SB a message. I'm like, your listen through of your podcast is on hold. I'm going to rewatch season one of Loki. And I did that. And there, luckily with, with uh, Loki, there's only like six episodes. So I, I rewatched those six. And then I felt like I wanted to rewatch season uh three or sorry season two episodes one two and three and i did that and i have to say i was not really engaged in season two of loki at first the first watch around but after uh, listening to the excitement on legends of shield and re-watching season one i was much more interested in season two of loki so it was really 
a lot of the fun and the discussion that was happening on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. that made me do that. And I have to say, I think I would probably be really, really still bored with season two or really disinterested in season two like I was if it hadn't been for that. So thank you. And I just wanted to share that because it was SP's podcast that made me have more fun with that series. I have influenced everyone <laughs> to have more fun just by listening to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Go ahead, listen to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You'll have a lot of fun pointing out where I'm wrong or pointing out where, hey, they got a point and you have a little bit better uh, enjoyment of the Marvel property that you're watching. And we're still deciding where we're going to go from here. It's a couple of things. First of all, the SAG, AFTRA, and WGA strikes are delaying production. So we're rapidly running out of new stuff to come out and Disney's already started to delay some of the movies. I'm sure they'll delay some of the remaining Disney Plus series that they have either in the can or they have mostly shot, but not completed yet. So that's going on. And uh, so we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do in the meantime. Probably end up watching some older stuff. We're already in the middle of a uh, X-Men Evolutions, which is an animated series rewatch or in my case, watch for the first time. We've decided to uh, even explore taking on the original Blade trilogy because Blade is coming into the MCU. So get a little history on that. So yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff going on with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's it's uh, been fun. I would like to ask those of you who are media review podcasts, you know, TV series, streaming series, movies, films, how are you dealing with the WGA and sag after a strikes mm -hmm. the wga strike is over but it's still delayed production and of course the sag after strike is still ongoing so what are you doing and what is your plan to go forward because even if the strike ended today we're not getting getting we're not going to get any new properties for months so what are you doing in the midterm are you taking a hiatus are you covering other older stuff are you going ahead and covering what's available right now until you run out of runway and then what's your plan so what are you doing and uh, if you could let us know i would appreciate it because i think a lot of other people are having this issue and i am fortunate enough that marvel is such a big big property that there's just a lot of stuff out there that we haven't watched yet and we can review it straight out we can also go back and we can do profiles on different characters or plot mm. lines or something like that. So there's a lot of versatility in an IP as big as like Star Wars or Marvel, but you might not have that in your reviews. So just let us know what's going on. If it matters to you or not, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are looking for advice right now, and you might have the piece of advice that will save their show and save their fun in their hobby podcast. So would appreciate you guys uh, coming back with that information. Um, and then Steven, just a, a total random segue here. Uh, I think, I think it's probably a good idea to uh, be a little bit secure in your passwords and your logins. Wow. It's, it's like you're reading my mind SP because yeah, uh, I, I honestly was, it's just so random, especially the way you set it up. Uh, I wanted to take a moment here while I was thinking about it to remind everybody to look at your 2FA, your two-factor authentication on your accounts. And there's nothing in specific that caused me to think of this, but I was just thinking it had been a while since we had mentioned it on here and random thought that popped into my mind. Um, and for those of you who don't have two-factor authentication or don't know what that is, that's basically where you've got your password generally for your login, but you also have something else you have to do. Sometimes it's enter a code. Sometimes it's, you know, give a fingerprint. Sometimes it's, it's a, a push a button on something. Um, and, and I wanted to just bring that up here because you, unfortunately people are getting more and more creative every day with ways to try to compromise your security and try to take advantage of us as humans being vulnerable to being preyed on. So uh, definitely just look at your important accounts, make sure you've got that on. And if you don't have that on, and and this actually kind of even ties back to things like your, your domain uh, registrar, you don't have that on, you should really put that on because 
there is different levels of two-factor authentication, some things that are stronger than others, but just get any of it on. It's really important. Um, otherwise, it's a lot easier for somebody to compromise one of your accounts. So I just kind of wanted to mention that. It was a really total random point that came into my mind and then apparently popped in randomly to SP's mind as well. Yeah, just like, okay, let's let's talk about it just randomly in the middle of the show. All right, <clears throat> so less of a randomness here is a subject that I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about several subjects. And last week we covered how to start your podcast in 2023, at least the main topics. I still am, by the way, looking for feedback of those main topic points. So if you have any, please let me know. And I do intend, I know we talked about a paid thing, but I do intend on publishing it on the betterpodcasting.com website. So that should be available sometime in the next week or so. I was waiting for some feedback to come back. I, re I really didn't get a lot. So if I don't get a lot, I'll just go with what I've got in, uh, and tweak it a little bit and then post it. And then it'll be available for everybody. At least this time, I'll probably make changes over time. And I have some other subjects that I want to talk about, but one subject that we've touched on several times, but it's just, it, it's resonating to me again right now is the ways that hobby podcasting is easier today in 2023 than it really ever has been. And Stephen, I think you will agree with me on just the way to the, the actual process of podcasting, not necessarily the content creation part, but the process of actually creating a podcast and publishing it and getting it out there. And I broke it down into 10 ways that it is easier in 2023 than it ever has been. And the first way is by not doing it. Oh, well, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, podcasting is a miserable pile of little secrets. And the, and the first advice about podcasting is just don't do it unless you really, 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 really want to do it. So the first way that hobby podcasting is easier in 2023 is there are better audio and video recording gear than there have ever been. There's 4K webcams available. There are these recording mixers available with fantastic preamps. Yes, they have like my Rodecaster Pro 2 or the Rodecaster Duo. I don't I haven't heard any problems with the Duo, but the Rodecaster Pro 2, we've gone over my struggles with that. But when it's working, it is a fantastic piece of gear. Uh, the microphones available, they're cheaper and better than they ever have been before. And the lighting is more available for you to get information on like three-point lighting, their sound treatment information available out there. So I'll just say the entirety of a set, if that's what you want, and just the gear to have podcasting. I mean, the Zoom ZDM one microphone packs of which I have one right behind me there, that's 80 bucks. And that's really all you need from a headphone and microphone standpoint. You have to plug it in somewhere. 80 bucks for that. That's not bad for That's pretty good compared to when you and I started what $80 could get you. So that that's where I think is the number one piece is today with all the new microphones that have come out really even since the pandemic started in 2020, it is fantastic today compared to where it once was. And also, I think your sort of learning curve getting into more advanced hardware is is much less steep than it than it used to be. And I think a good example of that is what you mentioned, the Rodecaster Pro or Rodecaster Pro 2 or the uh, Tascam Mixcast 4 or any of these things, right? Because back in the day where it's like, uh, you, even if we go back to like the Zoom H4 days, for H4N days and things like that, it'd be like, okay, I want to multi-track record into my system and, and I don't need to have any live mixing or anything. Okay, cool. Get yourself a handheld recorder, plug in some microphones, do, do that thing or, or, or whatever. But then people are like, well, I'd also actually like to have more of a live experience where I could have different audio tracks mixed in together and be able to keep them all separated. And, and back then you're like, all right, you're going to have to get yourself an audio mixer and it's going to have to have mix minus abilities. And that's going to mean that you need to be able to send audio into the board and also send the body out to the board. And then you're going to have to make sure you're feeding that into the right channels onto your Zoom H4N 
And then you're going to have to make sure that the quality is there. And you go through this whole list of things about bridging two pieces of hardware. And now it's like, get yourself a Rodecaster Duo. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's a lot simpler. There's a lot of options like that that make that a lot less steep of a learning curve. Yeah. And then the next category or way that hobby podcasting is easier in 2023 runs right into from the gear to the actual recording, as you were saying. There's better recording and streaming software available today, including connections, than there ever has been. I mean, you could use the Rodecaster Pro 2 or the Duo or the Tascam Mixcast 4 and have a phone call over Bluetooth back and forth. And that was never a capability before. That's more of the gear. But then you fast forward and we used to connect over Skype. You remember Skype? Remember the Skype hiss? Remember that nightmare? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was great for what it was. It was free and it was a way for us to connect. And in a way, that's why Blab was so big when it came out, because, oh, wow, there's actually a different way to do this other than Skype. That's free. That's awesome. And while Blab didn't last a year, it did start down the path of all these recording capabilities. Today, you have Riverside, you have Zencaster, you have uh, StreamYard, which I use. You have all sorts of audio only like clean feed and Squadcast, and which Squadcast I think is with Descript now. And so, so you have all these recording capabilities that didn't exist 10 years ago when we were podcasting. And it's just so easy. All you have to do is log into a site like StreamYard and boom, you're recording, you're connecting with people. And then you are also able to stream to multiple destinations depending on your plan. And if you want to do it for free, we've got OBS, we've got Video Ninja. Combine those two things together. That's exactly what we're doing on this show right here. And it's a powerful connecting capability. Yeah, it's a little bit more technical, but it is very versatile. And if you know what you're doing, it can be very powerful and, and you have a lot of options available, customizable options, which you might not necessarily have in, in one of the plans on like Zencaster or Riverside or StreamYard. But it's all available. So if you want to go down that path, it's there for you. If you want the easy button, StreamYard, bingo, you're in. Yes, there's other things like Zoom, but it's, it's not as great quality, especially the audio. They really have not prioritized that. It, it was a conferencing tool, and they never designed it to be used as a streamer's tool, which is what a lot of people tried doing around the pandemic time. <laughs> but you have all these other options available. Yes, they're not all perfect. But they're so much better than there ever once was. So that, that's two ways that podcasting is better in 2023 than it has been before. Better gear, better software for recording and streaming. I just wish that you had a third reason that hobby podcasting was easier in 2023. Well, I have a total of 10. So oh, wow. yeah, I, oh, I have a maybe third we should one. get to the third. It's editing software, right? So while there was editing software available back in the day, Audacity, and if you paid, uh, I, I don't know when Reaper came on the street, on the scene, but there was Reaper available. But if you wanted to go pro, you'd be like uh, ProLogic Tools. You'd be in Adobe's uh, Audition architecture. And then if you wanted to go high-end video, there was uh, Sony Vegas available. And if you go back and you look at some of the videos from like 10 years ago with Sony Vegas compared to what it is today, it's incredible. And then today, what we have is a free capability called DaVinci Resolve, which Stephen has taken pains to try and then go back to Vegas and then go back to DaVinci Resolve because it's just that good for a hobby podcaster. Uh, considering its limitations, because it does have limitations, but it's free and it's available and you have better UI, you have better capabilities than what was ever available. So yes, you can pay for stuff. Like I still have paid for Vegas uh, Edit Pro 19, I believe, and I pay for plugins, but it's still way better than what was available 10 years ago and cheaper. The other one that I think is worth a mention is all the... Uh... And this one's really funny to go back and look like, you know, five, 10 years. It's amazing how different Audacity looks today. Oh, wait, never mind. 
I was going to say, I'm still on 2.0.3, I think. It's either 2.0.3 or 2.0.6. I have never upgraded from that. And I just, I don't need to. So because but, I'm I'm using other stuff. It's just funny though, because like it still looks pretty much the same as it used to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's stuff that hasn't changed, that's for sure. Uh the fourth way that hobby podcasting is better and easier in 2023 is you have podcast specific graphic design tools. So if you needed a logo 10 years ago. You had to either know what you were doing with a graphic design interface. You could kind of do something in PowerPoint or you could pay somebody to do it. Really? Today, you have dedicated capabilities within existing graphic UIs of programs like Canva. If you want a podcast logo, go to Canva and then you can create one. Now you can pay and upscale and everything like that. You could conceivably do one for free and do it within the confines of what Apple Podcasts need you to do in terms of size and resolution. So I think that is a huge step forward compared to where it used to be. If you don't have any graphic design interface training whatsoever, Canva is an easy button for sure. Now, granted, there is a lot of other UIs available, a lot of the programs, you know, Photoshop, that's the big thing that everybody, that was a verb at one point. And I think it still is just Photoshop that you're, you're fine. Right. Uh, there are others available out there as well. Um, the, um, the affinity suite that both Steven and I have, I have not used it nearly as much as I probably should, but I have it. Uh, so that's available at a much lower cost than, than it was, at a a point in time. And then if you want to go forward and do the promotion on social media, like TikTok or the X or Instagram, those short one minute or less videos, you have things out there like headliner that'll just grab your content that you've recorded using your recording tool or streaming tool. That's so much better today than it ever was. And then just chunk something out. And there's a lot of other like AI level stuff that is in development now that could take that and automatically give you a one minute clip that you can go out to your social media and post it there. So yes, it is much easier than it once was. Is it still some time? Yeah, it's still some time, but it's much easier than it once was. You know what isn't much easier? Determining what podcast media host you want. Yeah, that's actually a little bit more difficult. However, <laughs> it's at least easier knowing that you're going to get a decent uh, service level out there. Because in, back in the day, wh- what did we have available to us? We had uh, Blueberry, we had Lipson, we had Podbean, and then uh, Anchor came along at one point in time. But then there started this 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 avalanche of like Captivate and Transistor and Zencaster. Think was a, a media host for a while. You had free media hosts out there too, like Wushka, no longer free or no longer media hosts. But the media hosts that are available today that are legitimate media hosts, they're providing you in general with stats that are approved, quote unquote approved with IAB. Uh, you'd still have stuff like Pinecast, which I love Pinecast because it's kind of a, a discount a media host provider, but for a hobby podcaster, I'm not sure if you need more than that. You have unlimited RSS feeds and you have uh, unlimited uploads. And yeah, there's, there's some, we've talked at length about the downsides of using podcasts, but for a hobby podcaster, I think for the price, the grandfathered price that you and I are on is just fantastic given what's available there, but it doesn't matter where you go today you're going to get at least a reliable host that'll have decent stats and uh, it'll probably have decent tech support or at least available tech support where in the past it might've been like one guy and you, you might get lucky if you get on him on his lunch break, if it's, you know, if there's a problem or something like that. So while there are definitely (laughs) media hosts that I would prefer not to use, there's a lot of media hosts, which I'd say, yeah, okay, you know, go ahead and try it. For the record, my 
my uh, uh, recommendation for hobby podcasters today is either Pinecast or Podbean. Those are the mm-hmm. two recommendations that I would give. But there are other media hosts, and I might get into this in the future. There are other media hosts that I would not recommend today. And uh, matter of fact, that was one of the topics that <laughs> I, is is rattling around in my brain. So we might get it before the end of 2023. But Stephen, I know you self-host or you have self-hosted. So what's that self-hosting look like in 2023 versus in the past? Okay, so before I answer that, I want to say, by the way, the reason I said that it wasn't easier to to decide on a a media host was because I was getting at the fact that there was actually so many options available that you have to sort through those, which actually makes it easier to to find a pod, in my opinion, to, to find the right match for your possibilities. Back in the day, it was like you had those few options you mentioned, and a lot of times that did not meet with the person's needs. And now you have a lot more that is available. But where I was getting at the the difficulty is like there's just such a sea of of reviews and bias out there that that's that part's more difficult. But in the end, you're going to find one that matches you better, which is much better than it used to mm-hmm. be. So I 100% agree with you. And that's the only reason I was going there. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it before. Somebody comes up and asks me, what's what's the best podcast media host service provider out there? And I go, it depends. Because even Pinecast yeah. and Podbean, my recommendations don't work for everybody. And I know that. So it's like, it depends. What are you looking for? And if you don't care, there's a, there's a ton of options. But if you start caring about the individual capabilities there it there is some there and and that's a topic for another time just it's easier today than it ever has been because of what steven said is there's so many good ones available as for self-hosting i won't even try to to answer that if i'm being honest uh just because I, i don't really keep up with it much anymore i think the process is largely the same as it used to be but um yeah, I, I'll I won't pretend that I I still self-host my files. I just don't. I, it's easier to self-host my RSS feed, but host the files on a media service. You know, the guys that come into like our podcasting, the subreddit there, and they say they're going to self-host and they're going to have their own website that they create and everything. I tip my hat to them because they they want to get in. They want to tinker like the old days. But it's just easier just not to deal with it now. I mean, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to tinker unless that's your jam. Like, Stephen, your jam is video. I think some other people's jam is the code. So, you know, whatever. If you want to hand roll your own RSS with podcasting 2.0 specs, you know, go for it. But there are better options out there, in my opinion. Clarification, my jam is strawberry. Thank you. I see. Well, I thought your jam was video. And then I was going to bring up the next point, which was YouTube. YouTube is available. It's free to use. Really? You're providing them content. You're providing them information on you and your audience. So it's not totally free. It's free from your pocketbook, but you're giving them information. And there's a built-in audience because there's so many people that have YouTube accounts or have YouTube TV accounts or whatever, or YouTube premium accounts, that it's just an available spot that a lot of people, if not everybody, are able to go to. Now, there's some downsides with that because you have to be the shining star in the sea of stars, right? You have to shine brighter than everybody else. You have to fool the algorithms or algos, as I've come to hear what they're called did you know algorithms are called algos i did not know that um now i feel hip and i feel fly yeah Yeah, for for the next five minutes until the next new thing comes by that you don't know about right which uh, by the way last night there was a kid uh i i would ballpark somewhere around 10 that that said quote this setup is actually sick end quote so you know wow my my setup was sick. sick I got a couple of, I I love your toothless. I have a toothless inflatable. They're like, oh, I love your toothless. I was like, oh, cool. You you knew the dragon's name. That was, that was cool. Anyway, YouTube is free and everybody can get to it. And it's just this amazing capability that you can upload a video for free and have it available pretty much around the world. I mean, I know there's some limitations, but it's it just an incredible thing. And while it did exist years and years and years ago, remember the days where we were, trying to figure out where to stream, whether it was Mixer or Twitch or Justin TV or YouTube and just trying to go through the blab, trying to go through (laughs) all these options. Right. And it's like, where do you really want to go? And uh, I think YouTube's won that for now, at least. And and it's a good option. 
Well, and the other side of this that I want to say is your not you. I'm I'm this is to somebody else who's listening to this. You are oh, wrong. Because I'm not listening. No, 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 not you. You are wrong. I'm saying this to somebody right now who is yelling, going, but YouTubers on a podcast. No, you are wrong because because it is becoming the general it is it is becoming genericized. Ge- I don't know if that's a word, but we're gonna go with it. Is it's becoming a generic term, the term podcast. And and whether you like that or not, that's that's what what is happening with it. And some people consider podcasts on YouTube. So that it makes it even easier to have your podcast on YouTube because back in the day, that was not the case. And people had very good reason to say to, to differentiate the two. But now mainstream is saying, nope, you're wrong. It, uh, we're going to call it a podcast. Remember back in the day, back in the day, you remember back in the day when video, there was actual video podcasts where you threw video up to a media provider and they distributed it via RSS. Do you remember that? And you had to pay ungodly amounts of money because the video file size were so big. And everybody was like, well, you have to tamp down the resolution from 1080 all the way down to 480 (laughs) or even worse than that, right? In order for it to fit the feed. And it didn't matter back then because they were watching it on like an iPod classic with a uh, a screen of of like two inches, right? If that. <laughs> so so it was okay to to watch a video podcast on something like like this, an iPod Nano with with a video screen. Which yeah, I did from time to time, but uh, it was a long time to download the files. It was a long time to uh, upload the file to the device and sync it up, and it was it was just incredibly difficult. But there was just these people that love video. And I get it. I mean, people like what they like. People just like the video so much that they wanted to have their show available as a video show and a legitimately podcast because it was distributed on an RSS feed. It's just so much of a hassle. And now today it's just like, just put it on YouTube. You know, if you have a fast enough internet connection, even a one hour 4K file, which is somewhere around 10, 12 gigabytes, will upload in a couple of minutes or even an hour and what did you just do to me? You said that I was going to down. You knew your resolution downsize, so oh, I was yeah, working yeah. on that. So now, now you're, for the video viewer, SP is currently at five hundred by five hundred. Put, put in so, my uh, so no, so yeah, that way right, you've yeah, got his five hundred by five hundred pixel resolution. So yeah, <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what it was. Sometimes that, that's just to give you an example. My half of the screen and the little anything. Yeah. All right, so that's YouTube. And then the next way that podcasting is easier for hobby podcasters in 2023 is the community and gathering places. Now, in, in the past, there were forums, which, okay, it was kind of techy to the crowd nowadays, but it was like the early Reddits or Discords, and it wasn't real time. You would make a post, and then you'd have to come back or refresh and see if anybody responded to your post and that sort of thing. Now you have real-time communication with Discord, Reddit. You have social media groups that are available. Uh, sorry, Google+, Plus, you're not one of them anymore. But you do have social media groups. You have a lot of social media available today that didn't exist even a couple of years ago. Talking about Blue Sky, uh, Mastodon, uh, <laughs> the one that came up this year is the uh, Meta's new Threads. I had to look and make sure what it was called. You had Threads. Uh, so yes, there's a lot of social media available, but you have gathering. What I'm saying is gathering places. So yes, there's social media, which you can advertise and promote to, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. But you have gathering places where you can start a community. You can have a community. I will even put YouTube in there, although it's not the same. There's a lot of people that comment on YouTube videos, so you can have a a community there. And then there's the crowdfunding places as well that I will throw in there, like Patreon. I know there's more than Patreon, but Patreon is the one that I normally focus on. So the community gathering places available today did not exist 10 years ago. And I'm so glad that they're available today. And Reddit existed, but the rest of them didn't. Also, I, I'll say that, you know, ten, uh, many, many years ago, I don't remember how many, 
there were still people setting up those old school chat rooms and stuff that were very, oh, yeah. very unique to a certain website, right? And, and I'm not saying a certain website in like a, a provocative way. I'm saying like to a, a specific website. And so now you've got, okay, you've got, yes, Discord, which really the servers are all divided, but there's still the shared account, which is huge, right? Somebody who goes to the Gunna Geek Discord knows how a Discord works. They can go to another server, so... Yeah, the next way that podcasting is easier today in 2023 than it has been ever before is just the sheer amount of people that actually listen to podcasts that are available to go find your show or just start your show and and start listening, right? And the listening base is in the millions where it was like in the hundreds of thousands back in the day. And now it's in easily in the millions, if not hundreds of millions. That's a lot of potential listeners out there today. Yes, there's more podcasts, but there's more podcast listeners. I think that's important to denote because you're not just putting your show out into the void. There is an audience. Now you have to fight through the algorithms. You have to make good content. You have to make engaging content that people will want to listen to. So there's just more listeners available today than there ever was. You have to fight for them, but they're there. Whereas before they weren't there and you were fighting to get the listeners into a podcast. Like, what's a podcast? How do I listen to a podcast? Most people have smartphones and it's easy just to have an app. I won't point to one specifically, but a app that listen to podcasts and you put it on your phone and you start looking for podcasts and bingo, there you go. You're listening to podcasts. All right, the next way that podcasting is easier in 2023, I already alluded to, and it is the promotional possibilities for your show. Uh, yes, there are more shows out there, but there are more ways that you can actually get out there and promote. Back in the day, it was just put out a Facebook post or a, a Google Plus post or a Twitter post, and that was the way to promote your show. Now you can actually put billboards up and there are billboard companies that will gladly take your money to go do that. If you have a local podcast or a big enough podcast to make national billboard advertisements available, probably not for your average hobby podcaster, but it's available. I think the hobby podcaster would be more apt to advertise on like overcast or Spotify or through a social media site like Facebook and there are different ways to do it. And your return on investment varies on how you do it, how much you promote and uh, what your target is and all the factors that go into promotion. But for a few hundred dollars, you can grab yourself at least a couple of listeners, if not more than that. You might be thinking that's a lot of money to put out for just a handful of listeners, maybe just even two. But that's two more than you would have if you didn't advertise. And you do that in conjunction with promoting the free ways that you can promote. And it just increases the value of being able to achieve a larger audience. Achieve a larger audience if it's your goal to gain sponsorships or to sell some product or service. The more ears that you have on your show, the better it's going to be. So yeah, average hobby podcaster, I'm not advocating paying for promotion until you get a good quality product with your show. But it is an option available that just wasn't existing definitely at the scale that you can get today. I mean, you can tar especially with the demographics that all these companies have, you can target your potential listener pretty tightly, which is a benefit as well. So it's not just the availability of the advertisement, but the availability of of getting it niched down to an audience that is more likely to listen to your show. And then the next way and the last way, the 10th way that I have of how hobby podcasting is better in 2023 than it ever has been before is, you guessed it, there are nine years of better podcasting episodes out there available in your podcatcher of choice or on YouTube. To help you out. And you can find them all at betterpodcasting.com. But there is a ton of help available out there, whether you get it from us or somebody else. The Better Podcasting community, an old Better Podcasting episode, or anywhere else on the internet, I will, I will caution you to make sure you verify whatever you're finding <laughs> out. But 
it's available and it's out there for you, including the nine years of better podcasting. Got to get me a blue Yeti and make sure that if I'm going to live stream, I use Blab. Follow all these old articles. You know, the Blue Yeti thing. <laughs> I, was, I was last week, I think it was, I was on r dash or r slash podcasting subreddit and somebody was like, okay, guys, I have these two microphones available. I have this old Sony handheld uh, digital recorder. It was, it was a memo recorder and, or I have a Blue Yeti. That's what I got. Which one do I use? What's the best microphone? And I'm looking at it and going don't podcast but, <laughs> but but you know if it's all you got you know the mm -hmm. blue yeti isn't a bad microphone it's how you apply it and it's just gonna pick up everything around you we've gone over our dislike of condenser microphones for the average hobby podcaster because the average hobby podcaster is not going to have a treated room to use it in. Matter of fact, you, the last time we went down this path, you used a condenser microphone and you apologized to me beforehand. You're like, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it or not, but the boys are playing upstairs and we might hear them. And yes, yeah. yes, we did. We heard them so much that you actually had to leave the recording. Yep. You had to leave me talking. You had to go upstairs and you had to tell the boys to knock it off. And then you came back downstairs to finish podcasting. That's how good these condenser microphones are, which means that there might not be for every hobby podcaster. Now, I just want to back up here a second because you said there was nine years of better podcasting, but really it's like more in the realm of like, Four and a half, because really you want to ignore everything that I say, because I believe the bonus number 11, the uh, re reason that it's easier is because Canadians are now banned from podcasting because I've dragged down the Canadian name so much in podcasting. And so it's always easier to podcast without a Canadian co-host. So it is because yeah. they started making laws that prevent Canadians from podcasting. And, and I wish I was lying, but there, there's, you know, <laughs> laws on the books that uh, Canadians need to be aware of if you're podcasting. And just, you know, Canadians, they, they say, Stephen, you've soiled the name. You've ruined it. Definitely soiled is the uh, term <laughs> I would use. Well, thanks for putting that together, SP. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, 10 ways hobby podcasting is easier in 2023. It's kind of a clickbait title, but I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it because I w I've been thinking about the value of better podcasting. And it's like, the stuff we talk about today is different than the stuff we talked about in 2015 because of these changes. Yeah. Well, if you have something you'd like to contribute to that conversation, let us know. You can email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can come over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com forward slash Discord. You can even go and find a time travel machine. Go back and give SP some live feedback in his blab. Go ahead. Do it any of those ways. Yeah, I don't think any of those chat rooms are open anymore, but you can try. I actually got, and I'm not going to rat this person out, but I got a private message from somebody and the, somebody said, are there really laws that prevent Canadians to podcast? That's crazy. And, and yeah, we're talking about privacy laws and, and data laws and stuff like that. Laws that were just passed this past year that we're, we're scratching our heads over what's their applicability to podcasting. However, Canadians are still free to podcast. Okay. They're still free to podcast. That was a joke. They're not actually banned from podcasting. So not yet. Anyways, I'll, yeah, I'll try. Not yet. I'll I mean, try. It, it, it might be going there. <laughs> uh, last thing that I want to quickly mention here is I want to call myself out. This is every time I, I do this, it works for me. I'm going to call myself out as being lazy because if I call myself on this show here, I will finally do it. And while I have been back podcasting since the hiatus, as you know, I use a green screen. Well, one of the important parts of using the green screen is I have a light just off to my right. And it's a, it's a light on a stand and it sits basically parallel to me, but it's on an angle. So it's actually you kind of see a little bit of the light on my face, but it's mostly just lighting the green screen that's behind me. Well. Every time I podcast, I literally have an extension cord that's sitting here on this little bench that I've got that I, I it's in the most ridiculous random way that that extension cord is. And I grab the light and I plug it into the cord and then at the end, I unplug it. Well, as you know, I have quite the smart home setup, and I literally own a smart power bar 
that I'm going to put there. I was gifted it. And I was like, I'm not sure where I'm going to put it. And then you forever ago, I decided I'm going to put it there because I, I can have the light on that. I can have a couple other things like my shredder on there. I have a couple other random things that occasionally need to be plugged in. I'm like, it's perfect for that. And then every time that I podcast, when I push the little scene that activates all my lights to the right colors and everything, it will also turn on said light. But I haven't done this. And it's been what, a year and two months now? So like, how lazy can I be? So I'm calling myself out as lazy so that I will have the audience hold me to getting that done. <laughs> you just want to hug. You want to be held. I do. I like to be held. <laughs> Hey, by the way, uh, I know, I know you have this burning desire. This is the last thing I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. you, have this, you have this burning desire to have a white Roadcaster duo. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah, Road, I, I haven't looked at all the details, but they created a, a white themed line, basically several products that are in white and they do look pretty good actually, but like they've got a Roadcaster duo that's white. I think they had a pod mic that was white. Uh, wasn't there a Rodecaster Pro or a, a Rode Procaster microphone as well? Uh, no, I think it was just a pod mic. Uh, let me see the white collection, all products. I am. Yeah. No, it's headphones. I'm, That's right. So they had a, a uh, white PSA one plus, yes. a right white pod mic and, and a white NTH 100 headphones. So as well as that duo that we mentioned. So if you want white themed, go ahead. Uh, I look at the fingerprints that are all over my black Roadcaster Pro, and I'm not sure that I want that in white myself. I feel like that might be looking to get finger marks all over it, but it, they do look pretty. Yeah, a, a couple of things like on the duo itself, the color scheme of the sound pads and the lights are more, and I'll just say they're they're more springy. They're more like Easter E type colors, which mishes, mashes well with the white. And, and I'll say for years, for years, I've heard in particular, a segment of podcasters say, I just want something that looks pretty mm. instead of this, you know, like this black gear and stuff like that. And a lot of women podcasters, I don't want to stereotype, but a lot of women podcasters have actually come up with this criticism of the gear that's available. And they just want some pink headphones or, or white or uh, gr more girly colors rather than masculine colors. So from that aspect, I have to applaud Rode because no other mainstream gear provider has taken any of their gear and done different color schemes with it. And excited, like microphones, like the Electro Voice RE20, you can get one in, in a different color. One's gray, one's black. Uh, but the duo and the headphones and the microphone arm and everything, uh, especially if you might have like a white computer setup. I know some Macs are whitish in color. Uh, if you want to go for that color scheme on your desk, this is one heck of a setup for that because the gear is, it's not bad gear. It's okay gear. Uh, I, I know we might have some issues with the duo's uh, software performance, but the microphone's okay. Um, the the microphone arm, as long as you're not moving it and it's a squeaky one, is okay. Um, so it's gear that's that's reasonable and it would fit a color scheme. So I will give kudos to Rode for making this available. Nobody else has done this. Nobody. Uh, I'm going to throw it out here that they are not actually angling this to podcasters. I know they're using the pod mic. I think they're angling this more to streamers themselves. And, and that includes some gamers. Like the fact that they chose the duo, I think probably speaks to the extent of, of the, the, what their market research probably shows is the people who are probably more likely to use this. And there's probably limited multi-track functions if that's the one they want with. And so um, I think that's probably what it is. Like if you were to say, tune in to, to let, let's go with gamers. Let's just go out there. You're to go to Twitch, watch a couple of gamers and you see gamer a with all with a pod mic and a PSA one plus and black and, and black headphones. And then you have gamer B with this white setup, like the gamer with the white setup is going to look phenomenally better. Like it's just going to pop. It's going to look nice. 
I think they're angling more towards streamers. That's my take on it. Probably. Um, another thing that they possibly could do is there's a lot of black cords in their pictures. So if they could match up with a cord manufacturer, including the headphone cords, by the way, and get uh, white cords, I think that would be... I, I disagree. I don't think white cords. Think... I think multicolored cords. I think that that, that well, allows the, the flavor a little customization. Sure. Anything but... I mean, black and white looks okay. I mean, it's it's contrasting each other, so it doesn't look bad. But I think if you do other colors or have other colors available... Agree with, with other I, colors, yeah. I, I think that fits your streamer uh, example pretty well as well. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a good find uh this past week to run into the white collection i'm not going to get it i i prefer my darker colored gear but it's available for those that want it i do i do worry about the uh the finger factor and all the other the other dirt and grime but maybe some people are cleaner than me uh no comment <laughs> so that's gonna go ahead and wrap it up before we go I'll remind you go to the gunna geek network lots of amazing content over there for episode number 69 of better podcasting live chat i'm steven saying i know why my mic is dirty it's because i ate six mini chocolate bars tonight <laughs> and i'm sp saying just a few more weeks of better podcasting in 2023 get your questions in now See everybody later. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.